heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. There are really two arguments on the table when it comes to vaccines. Uh, the first being that, okay, some people believe they save lives. Others believe they take lives. They don't save. And of course, when you look at the numbers on VAERS and uh, through the CDC, uh, you can see that uh, a historical amount of people have died from these vaccines. But on the other hand, the other argument on the vaccines is that pure and simple, it is your right, your privilege to take them. Now, the second part of this equation is really the part, the mandates, the fact that nobody has a freedom to make that decision on their own. They're being mandated, they're being pushed, coerced uh, from all kinds of factions. I mean, your, your governments and your family members and your businesses, it's coming at you from all sides. And, and I see the messages, I see the uh, the emails every day. Uh, and, you know, in the courts keep ruling against the vaccines, against the Biden administration. They keep ruling against, you know, these uh, these mayors, these Marxist mayors, governors, these the bureaucrats that are pushing this mandate vaccine. But that really is, you know, we're, we're left here arguing with each other about whether a vaccine is successful or not. And it, it really depends upon what standards you use. If you look at historical standards from any time we've had a vaccine in this country, you know, we've never had this amount of deaths. If you look at the rules of engagement, if there was a medication or another vaccine on the market that had this amount of deaths, my friends, there would be an uproar from here to you know where. And you know something else about this. If this was all on Trump's watch, for instance, if, uh, if these amount of deaths, it, just imagine if the tables were changed and 2020 hadn't gone the way it did and Trump was still the president now, do you think the left would be going along with all this? Exactly. You know, the, the whole idea of the, the warp speed was, you know, Operation Warp Speed was uh, was Trump's uh, a thought process from the beginning, correct? Now, they poo-pooed it initially, and many on the left said, well, we're not going to take the vaccine. We're not going to do any of that. And then, of course, it all changed. And now they not only want you to take the vaccine, but they're going to jam it down your throat and force you to take it, or they're going to take your job and your family and your life and so on and so forth. And that, to me, is really the, the bigger discussion point, not taking anything away from how many people have died from these vaccines. But, you know, when you get into that part of the conversation, it's a very hairy conversation because there are so many in the medical community that are surely drinking the Kool-Aid and they're going along with this thing. Uh, just like, you know, it's just like they all took the magic pill at the Jim Jones concert. You know, I mean, it really is. It's remarkable what's happening in the medical community. It's a head scratcher for everybody. When you look around and you see the vast majority of people that have gone along kind of tells you, we're in a bit of a heap of trouble in our country when any large group like that, via whether it's the medical community, healthcare, or, or legal community, or any community for that matter, 
you know, it, it, uh, it just tells you what the possibilities are that people would go along to get along for whatever reason, for career, some, you know, future idea that they want to grow. And, and we all understand what that's about or whether it's uh, just a promotion or just to have a job or put food on the table. You know, we understand the importance of that, right? I mean, we can't deny that or take that, but is that worth the price of your liberty? I think is the bigger question. Obviously, there's millions of people who believe it is, which tells me uh, that's a troubling sign. It tells me we're in far more trouble than we think we're in, really. Because if they can do that here, they can do it anywhere in any aspect of our lives. And to me, that's really the danger of all of this. Uh, you know, I, I, I've not fallen into the trap of being forced to have a vaccine. I can't speak for that. Uh, again, I read all the messages. I get it. Uh, you know, I, I don't have somebody on top of me that forces me to do these things. And I've never had that in my life. I've been an entrepreneur all my life. So I've never been in that position to be forced uh, to be able to have some sort of a, uh, a checkup or a health remedy or a vaccine or something that is against my free will. You know, I've, I've not personally experienced it. And I can tell you that had if I was put in that position, I don't know about you, but I surely would push back. There's no way I would succumb to that pressure and give in uh, to any bureaucrat or any company, organization, executive or family member or anybody else, government official, doesn't matter. There's no way I would give in. It's just on the pure essence of my liberties. And I'm not living in the former Soviet Union or present day China or, or anywhere else in the world for that matter, you see? And so, no, I'm, I'm never given in to what my right and privilege is, regardless of whether the vaccines work it or not. You follow me. So this whole thing about forcing the mandates and all is is a big deal. And, and it's uh, it's happening all over the place. Now, one of the things that people are wondering right now, you know, I think we all can agree. Donald Trump has been eerily quiet. But by any standards and surely by Donald Trump's measure, <laughs> he's been really, really quiet. Now, they often say it's usually quiet before the storm. Hmm. And it's hard to say when that storm starts, but we're probably not far off now because 2022 is right here on the doorstep as we now push through the holiday season. And guess what? We'll fall on the other side of that. And in 2022, it's going to begin to pick up steam and move fast from the beginning of the year. And there's the midterm election right there. And that's going to do a couple of things. Uh, I don't need to tell you how important that is. That's, uh, and again, I don't want to hear somebody say, oh, it's the most important election in our lifetime. I can shut up. They're all important people, every darn one of them. Last one was, this one was, the one before that, and the next one coming, and three more from now. They're all important. And, you know, we get a chance to reshape whatever it is. And I say that, and then people are going to say, well, come on, Malcolm, there's a lot of fraud out there, a lot of election problems. How can you say that? <laughs> well, you know, you can only slice the avocado so thin, people. There's an argument for everything, right? There really is. There's an argument for every point of view. You know, the whole fraud thing, how much of that can overwhelm the system? I know a lot of people want to go back and recount and re-argue 2020. I hear that all the time. You know, and, and, and I've got people in my circle who say that as well. Uh, I'm not sure that's the answer. 
for whatever it is. I, and I know people on all the time who really believe it is the answer that we've got to make justice work right there before we move forward. Now, you know, again, depends how messy you want to get at this point, people. That's a revolutionary moment. I've told you that before. If we go there and, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, I, you know, please understand. But in front of us, again, all all bets being off. And I know others, you know, I, I mean, I get it. I mean, uh, General McInerney, Sidney Powell, others would say to me, you know, well, we've got to go back and rehash that. Mary Clinton would say that many people would say that to me and argue it and say that's what's got to happen. But, uh, you know, a lot of this is out in the light of day now. I'll tell you what will be a revolutionary moment. I can tell you this. There'll be a lot of eyeballs on the 2022 midterm election. A lot of eyeballs. They'll be watching those numbers very carefully throughout the whole evening, overnight. I'm telling you, there'll be ex there'll be a lot of Monday morning quarterback in there. I can guarantee you that. And if there are a lot of shenanigans or theft or things happen in the air, I think you will have your revolutionary moment right there, people, in 2022. I think this country's about had enough. So we've got to make the decision whether we're moving forward or going back. At this point, all things being what they are, I recommend we move forward. I'm, I'm going to say that and put that out there right now. We have enough, enough to happen, enough to deal with, enough on our plate that I think it's time to move forward and keep the eyeballs wide open as we come into 2022 and take out all the steps we need to take. And also, another point I think we have to talk about is we, we should also play uh, the way the, the Marxist left plays when you're coming into these elections. And, uh, you know, they, they did a lot of rule changing and a lot of shenanigans, a lot of funny business uh, prior to 2020 people. You know, whatever the case is, I mean, putting all that electronic equipment overnight, turning and all of that business, put that on the side, please, because we can talk about that incessantly. But, you know, they changed a lot of rules of the game. Clearly, we all know that, you know, all this mail-in ballot voting, COVID disease, the sky is falling, you know, just vote, vote, vote as many times as you want, vote from the grave, just vote, 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 legal, illegal, doesn't really matter, just vote. That was their overarching message in 2020. If there ever was a campaign message, that was it for the Marxist left. And sadly, they succeeded. In a nutshell, they succeeded. I mean, they, they took that and they took the two Senate seats in Georgia, which, friends, I, I would have never predicted, even on a cloudy day, I would not have predicted the Georgia deal. And I had said to myself before Georgia, actually, if they did that, if they pulled that off with the two candidates they had in there with their backgrounds in Georgia, that to me smells more than anything. And how do they pull that? Well, you know, the, the left are very exceptional and, and brilliant at baffling people with bullshit. There's no doubt about that. And they did a lot of that in that race and that Senate race. Uh, and I still have a hard time understanding. And again, I know there are those who say fraud, fraud, fraud. And I, I hear you. I hear you. You know, to what degree? I, I, I really question those Senate races in Georgia. I have a hard time believing Georgia would have voted for two Marxist senators uh, to put in there. And now they're looking at uh, Abrams, you see, is going to run for governor. Huh. Ought to be a fun time in Georgia, right? 
as the devil goes down to Georgia, is it? Wow, it's going to be a hell of a thing here. And God forbid Georgia makes that horrible decision of putting Abrams because she is a terrible, terrible leader by any stretch. And uh, I, I don't wish that on any state, let alone uh, Georgia, uh, the red state of Georgia and beautiful Georgian people, I hope. No matter how much fraud they try to pull out or what they try to do, I pray that Americans, that conservative, patriotic Georgians get off the sofa and get out in the masses and vote that they don't have a choice or a chance in hell for anything to change that outcome. And that's really what needs to happen in 2022 in every market, quite frankly. It's what patriots need to do, Americans need to do, is get up and get out by the masses. Massive, over, that's, what, that's the wave. I don't want to see a red wave or a blue wave, people. I want to see an American wave. That's what I'm looking for. Give me an American wave, please. I'd like to see that happen in this nation. Those people stand up in the masses and overwhelm everything. And then, you know, they can sit there at the poker tables doing their fraud business, but I think the systems will overwhelm the systems. Everybody's eyes will be wide open. And I'll tell you what, you're not going to be able to change the outcome of that program in 2022, if it really matters. And it matters. That old axiom, uh, speak softly and carry a big stick. That is not exactly representative of Donald Trump, is it now? And uh, that makes this even more interesting coming into this race. So everybody's waiting now for the other shoe to drop. What's going to happen? Will he run? Will he not run? What will happen in the midterms? When will he announce it? What will take place? And so on and so forth. There's a lot of people with different feelings on this. Before we go there and talk about predictions of Trump, whether it's, and, and by the way, there's stories, I don't know if you know this, running right now and Matt Gates is pushing it and others about him actually running for Speaker of the House. That's right. Wouldn't, and as I say, wouldn't that be a gas if Pelosi had to hand the gavel to Trump? Do you think she'd call in sick that day? Could that happen? You bet it could happen. It could happen if Trump wanted it to happen. If enough people wanted it to happen on the, on the GOP side, you, know, you don't have to be in the House to run for the Speaker. Ship, which a lot of people don't understand that. You, you don't even have to be a representative, although he could be. He could run for a seat somewhere in, in the state of Florida and, and probably take it very handsomely if his plan was put out there in advance and he was going for the speakership and had the votes. But there's a lot of ifs there. And if you could get everybody aligned, that's a lot of ifs. And you still have the faction of the Liz Cheney group. And a lot of those are falling out of there as well. People tend to run when it gets... Uh, a little hot in the uh, in the chamber there, you know. Now, there's another part of the movement who believes that, you know, timing is everything in life, let's be clear, that he would be better served to get behind another candidate and really become more of a senior spokesman leader for the GOP, you see. And there was a lot of talk at the end of that first term of, of him actually starting another party, political party. And this country right now is probably prime for that, both from the left and the right, because both parties are so dysfunctional and have so many problems. It could very well happen again. It's happened before in American history several times, and it could happen again. 
both political parties are having their trouble. And, you know, the fact that we've given so much power to both political parties is another argument for another day as well. I mean, we really don't, you know, that the Constitution doesn't say we have a Democrat Party and a Republican Party. It doesn't say that at all. That's not part of the protocol here. But we've made it that way. And we've empowered them. And we also pay for all their their shenanigans and all the all of their uh, all these various um, things they put on the election, all these primaries and these events. That's all comes out of a budget that taxpayers pay for. None of that's none of that's mandated as well. That's not in the Constitution. So we sort of brought a lot of these problems on to ourselves. Really, we have and uh, not leaving our options open uh, very possibly. Uh, Looking at the fact that, uh, you know, again, that whole mind reversal thing that happens that uh, we, we created government, government didn't create us, you know, we, we own the federal government, they, 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 they answer to us, we don't answer to them. That's, that's lost today. That's really, truly lost. People think uh, that uh, government is a know all, be all, see all. And, and that's that. Uh, I want to talk about this warp speed a moment. And operation warp speed, that is. And, and there's a couple of reasons here. Um, there's a lot of talk that, uh, you know, Trump needs to come out and have a moment of confession. Now, what do you think out there? Do you think he should have a moment of confession? Speaking about the vaccines now, um, that, uh, you know, he needs to come out and say something. Again, back to where I started being eerily quiet. He has been eerily quiet. And should he remain quiet? Is this the time? Again, timing is everything in life, especially when you're running politics. You've got to, you know, having the right press conference, planning on the right day, uh, making the right mark. Uh, you know, all of these things factor in uh, to, to timing and can change momentum, the trajectory of a conversation and surely of an election or a race, for sure, to, to be sure, you know. Now, this Operation Warp Speed. I have thought far before today about the fact that this all started with Trump and he, he totally took credit as he should have wanted credit and he took it. And even when Biden came in, you know, all of that funny business, he threw every, he did a 180 on every, any, any, any Trump policy or principle. It didn't matter how, what it was good, bad, successful. It didn't, had no factor what it was and the measurement of anything. Uh, but he took a direct opposite approach. That's how much hate there was from the left and the right. Had nothing to do with country. They didn't give rats ass about country. I mean, the Biden cabal never looked at anything to say, well, you know, that was a good policy. You know, Trump, regardless of Trump, it was a good policy. No, Trump enacted it. He signed it or whatever. No, it became, a, okay. So that didn't happen. It was, the, oh, Trump signed that? Yeah, no, no, no. What, what's, what, what's the 180 on that? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't matter what it is. Foreign policy, Afghanistan, that has no fact. Whatever the argument was, he took the opposite approach, did a 180, right? We agree on that. Did it everywhere. Even the Remain in Mexico policy on the southern border, which is just having to be changed, but not because they wanted to change it, because they're being forced to change it. They don't have an option. They don't have a choice. They're losing with the courts. You see? I mean, the whole system is being overrun. But the bigger point is that that these policies, it was never about putting country first. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with the fact that they just didn't want anything with Trump's name on it. They didn't want anything to do with anything that previous president signed, a 45 had his hands on. They took a direct opposite approach, and that was their strategy for moment one people. 
It's a pretty sick way to govern. Pretty sick indeed. I'm, really, I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like this. I've never seen anything like it from one administration to the next. Now, surely there are some policies that change when you go from a Bush to a Clinton, right? Surely. Or a, or a Carter to a Bush. Absolutely. But I've never heard of one going in there and changing every darn thing they could change just because that was the way the previous president voted. Let's vote this way just because of that. But no other reason. I've never seen that happen in the country. This would be a first, but there's a lot of firsts with Trump, actually. It's one of many, actually. You see, the thing about Donald Trump, and I'll remind you now, and I'll remind you again later, is, you know, he created a fantastic movement in the, uh, in the American public, right? With, with, with the people, we the people. Created a great movement, the MAGA movement, Make America Great Again. And people felt the country was on a down cycle with the Obama years, for sure. And so this was the time and all that was good. And even with fraud or no fraud, he was able to take Hillary Clinton down. And he won to the aghast of many who had mouths open, fallen on the floor, of course. We know those scenes. We've seen them time and time again, right? But all that happens. And, you know, Trump gets through that somehow and he becomes the president. Now, you know, we had those crazy four years the craziest four years we've ever seen in American politics. I mean, nothing matches up historically. Even the Nixon years would be calm compared to this. I mean, and he, he retreated. But to be sure, the Trump years were, uh, they were both remarkable and unremarkable. They were victorious and they were uh, harmful. You see, you had you had both sides of that conversation because he pulled out the best of a lot of Americans who got behind his agenda. And then he pulled out the worst of Americans, those who could not uh, stand him, who would go to the to, to the ends of the earth to cause harm to him, to cause harm to his policies, to cause harm to his agenda. Uh, regardless of what the country was doing or whether it was good, bad, or indifferent for the country was of never no mind. And these people were bloodshot eyes and all. They were rabid against Trump. That's a scene you want to keep that in your minds moving forward. Now, does that ever change? Well, you, you figure that out. But he definitely got under people's skin in a way we haven't seen now, you can blame that on a lot of things, and I don't really want to go down those rabbit holes. We can blame that on a lot of things. People have their whole conversation as well as to why, right? And, and I've talked before about some of those whys, you bet. Some of the whys are just basically that he is a canoe rocker. And, you know, deep state establishment politics don't like that. And they will push against all those policies, and they will, uh, you know, get unsettled but but this was massive in scale and everything they threw at this man and you know one thing about trump is so uh, he's he's a really interesting man for interesting times very thick skin very thick skin but nothing really bothers him that it bounces off of him and it, you know he he's he's been he grew up on the streets of new york he understands that the fighter world uh in the construction world that's where he got a lot of his mouth from. I mean, I've I seen some of his speeches back before he was ever president. Um, he did a lot of speaking back then, and I've I seen some of those speeches. And, uh, you know, I never thought in a million years he'd make president because 
you know, he, he, he has very colorful language um, in, 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 in theaters, speaking to people even on a stage. Very, very colorful language back in the day. You probably can still get those out there on YouTube and all, but it is a, it is a, uh, you know, when you, when you take the, um, the F-bomb and you use it as an adverb, an adjective, a conjunction, and a pronoun, you, you get the picture. And a lot, and I've seen a lot of those. And so, you know, that's where Trump was totally different. I mean, he's a construction worker in the streets, not a polished uh, politician, sort of the go to Washington, the, what the framers sort of planned early on. Americans would get in and get out, you know, do their thing. He's a guy also that never ran for office before. That's historical in itself. The fact that I never ran for office and never, I mean, any particular seat, never ran for Congress, mayor, governor, dog catcher, mosquito control, just ran for president. My friends, that takes a pair of testicles the size of Nevada, without a doubt. And this man has that, which is why he stood up to people on the world stage like he did. He had no problem with standing up to any of them. I mean, when he visited China and, and uh, Xi Jinping, I mean, they rolled out the red carpet and kissed his ass from here to Cuba. You see, they did. And now when Obama visited China, he had to come out the back door, the ass end of the plane. They barely threw him a rope to crawl down off the plane. You know, because countries like China and Russia and, those, and North Korea and these kinds of, and all these kinds of dictatorialship, uh, totalitarian, massive regimes, what they respect people, they respect strength, not weakness, strength. All right, that's it. Peace through strength. And that's what they respect. That's why they did. They rolled out the red carpet. They treated him like a folk hero when he went there. Trump and John, I remember it clearly. And Trump did well by him when he came down to Mar-a-Lago here and, you know, treated him well. And they had a little bit of friendship. He said, oh, yeah, my friend Xi Jinping. Of course, he was never his friend, but it's the way you play the game, right? It's my friend Xi Jinping. Yeah, my friend Kim Jong-un. Now, the media went nutso, like on everything else they did. Oh, my God, he's calling dictators his friends. What the hell's the matter with this guy? See, they never understood the Trump game or played the Trump game, people. Never did. But there was a strategy behind all that. And, you know, the old strategy, and actually the Sun Tzu strategy, for that matter, is you keep your enemies close. You got to know what the hell they're doing. You know, sometimes we do things in life, and certainly in the corporate boardroom as well, that uh, maybe we don't want to do or less favorable or, you know, they don't taste so, so good like a like a vegetable when you're a kid, but you eat it anyways because you're forced to eat it. And uh, many times that happens. When you look at the playing field right now with Trump, there are those who advocate run for president. Let's make it right. We want this man back in the office. And then you have to question. And, and I, I want you to keep an open mind here, please. Don't get on your high horse now on me, please. Okay, say, oh, my God. You're thinking... But there's another group who believe his time has come and gone. There it is. Oh, my God. But he, nothing was fair. We know nothing was fair. We get it. We get it. We got it. That's all happened. Man, the man's got thick skin. We got it. His policies, what he did in America was remarkable. It's really non-arguable. If you love the country, you love his policies. If, if, if Really, if you're a patriot, you see what's happened, you love what Trump did. He, I mean, my friends, remarkably... He became the most conservative president in our lifetimes. He was more conservative than number 40, than Ronald Reagan, who, as 
conservatives, as Americans, as patriots, we adore Ronald Reagan for a lot of reasons. He was a statesman. He made us feel good to love our country. You see, he did. Trump has that flavor of patriotism, but he goes at it a different way. He doesn't have the same finesse that a Ronald Reagan has. He has a different way to do it. And, uh, you know, when you look at right now, they hated Reagan just as much, by the way. And again, Reagan was an actor, remember? He doesn't belong. He's not one of us. Same thing they did with Trump, with Paul Ryan and that group. He's not one of us. Mitt Romney, you know, not one of us. Donald Trump, the hell is he? No, they didn't want him in there anymore. They wanted Ronald Reagan in there. But they were two different cats, Reagan and Trump, although very effective, both. And both, if you're a patriot, strong American, a conservative voice, you probably have admiration for both of those men for different reasons, mind you. And they both went against the, the political headwinds and fought the battles straight on. But their approach and how they would speak and their approach and how they would deal with people, totally, totally different. Reagan knew how to get things done with a certain finesse and class. And, you know, he was a statesman. Donald Trump, not so much a statesman in that capacity. Now, he could do a great speech. But his speeches are very political and polarizing in nature, back to his rallies. Not so much on the world stage, which is where Reagan would be. They're, they're different formulas, different formats, you know. Now, Trump was a great attraction to the younger people. Like, you take my two kids. I mean, they love Trump. They loved Trump before I even seen Trump, you know, really. That, because he was a bit of entertaining, very unique, very different kind of fellow for the times. And um, they love that about Trump. He, he was, a, how do we say, an entertainer. Surely he was. And he did entertain people. And there's something to be said about that, to be sure with you. And he brought that all to the game. Now, politics and entertainment, it's, it's a tricky mix, no doubt about it. But Trump did that in a sort of way uh, that opened up a lot of new fan base, a lot of new people voted for him accordingly because he would speak the truth in ways that people would say, oh, my God, did he just say that? Oh, my God, did he just tweet that? Oh, my God, he's like the president, isn't he? <laughs> and then that would be it at the water cooler, you see. And that went on. Remember, we, we you remember that. I mean, let's face it. His Twitter feed was pure entertainment for the entire planet until Dorsey and his evil cabal there decided to play God for the moment. But you know what goes around comes around in this world, people. Don't forget that, okay? And all bets are off now with Dorsey and that Twitter group. Eventually, the it will all, you know, it will all take place. It will all turn over. Things will change. A lot of the new people coming off the ground. You know, it's a different world brewing just underneath us. Even with all this, you know, indoctrination and the rest of the garbage going on, real Americans and patriots are not going to stand for this. And there, there surely is a movement happening. And you can argue how quick or not quick it's happening, but People understand the severity of this moment and the historical nature of this moment in time. And I think that's what we're seeing people, you know, react accordingly. They realize, and we all have to come to the aid of our country, 
when our that's what a patriot does when our country is in dire need right in whatever capacity it's what i do here at america out loud but we all need to come to the aid of our country in some capacity whatever that capacity is i mean we we're blessed people we live in the greatest greatest country ever known to mankind with the best of people americans are by far the best of people and and we see that every day here you know it is remarkable even though we've gone through so much these past couple of years there is still an american hope and an opportunity and a moment of american exceptionalism that we move forward you know and we we see the shine of city on a hill we never lose sight of that we know what this is all about and we're fighting to 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 uh, obtain to get that polish back to uncover that greatness again you know that american exceptionalism lives in the hearts and minds of great patriots always and it's here well, listen you're listening to the voice of a nation here i want to talk about that warp speed a little bit of truth and i'll give you my prediction for some things as well ahead on trump all things trump trump is a very tricky topic i have to tell you because we have a lot of rabid Trump fans on America Out Loud, to be sure. And we have some that are more, you know, some people have cooled down a little bit of them. Some people think it's other things. But this isn't really about one man ever. It should never be. It should be about a movement. It's more really about the gift that Trump gave, MAGA, make America great again. That's what it really should be about, people. I mean, we all as human beings, we're only here for so long. We live for so long. We can enact for so long and then we expire it really is about a, a an american movement a movement of patriots that's what this is about please keep that in mind please will you and not just make this about one person it's important because when i give you my prediction i don't want you to get upset hmm there's the teaser right there now at the same time i want to ask you make sure you got out and did some walking today it's important we do that and uh, we get out and walk a couple of miles. Try it, try it. It's the best thing for you is walking two, three miles a day. It's not take long. You can do it in about 45 minutes, uh, depending on what pace you walk. And I tend to walk probably a little quick, but I walk a little less quick when I'm with my wife because she, as you know, went through the COVID uh, exercise and still is recovering from long COVID uh, syndrome. God bless her. And uh, still having some of the ramifications of that. Uh, but we're blessed. Uh, I to be sure, to get to the other side of this thing. And I never lose sight of that, people, on any particular day. I, I absolutely look at the woman totally different, understanding that we came so close to losing her. Uh, we have to be blessed in this life, I tell you. You know, so many things happen unexpectedly to people, and it changes their lives forever. And we don't have control over things, people. Life is too short. I mean, we don't have control over it. That's been running through my mind a lot now. I had a very dear, one of my favorite aunts, my mother's sister, just died the other day, Nancy. And it just reminded me of, growing up, I had a very interesting, a very good relationship with her. And um, it just reminded me of the fragility of life and where we're at and why we get to a point where our the time and it changes. And sometimes we lose the will or the spark or, you know, the sickness takes over and we lose our lives. Hmm. I'll tell you a little more on another day about uh, the story about uh, Aunt Nancy. Fascinating. But I bring it up because her memory, the energy we leave on the planet here is, is, is important. It, it, we leave an energy here. It's, our energy is always around. 
out loud energy will always be here now. You know, so it's a way to look at it, I guess. The other thing I want to remind you is to take healthy cell. Have you done that today is the next question beside the walk-in because you've got to take it. I took mine just before I came on here with my wife as well, took the healthy cell. And uh, it's important. It's gel form. So if you don't like pills, you can take the gel, but it's remarkable stuff. And it's got the zinc, the, the D, the A, all the, uh, all the components you want that are fighting the COVID, the influenza, the viruses, the diseases, whatever, are in healthy cell, bottom line. You've got the AM, PM daily regimen, right? You've got the immune super boost, you've got, which has been on back order. I apologize, the immune super boost, but it, it'll be back in before long. But again, get the AM, PM product, um, get the, the daily regimen. It's a gel form you can get, the multi uh, is what it is, the multi, and get that for sure. They also have REM sleep focus, a terrific array of products you hear all over the network here. Um, love the product line, it's terrific. Our listeners get 20% off the first order, by the way. Just use the code out loud or click the banner ad back at America Out Loud and then it'll recognize you and you get the discount automatically there as well. Or just simple healthycell.com forward slash out loud. It's the only way to live people out loud style. And then your health is out loud. Meaning, I feel good. I feel good. Dun, 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 dun. I knew that I could. Dun, dun, dun. More voice of a nation in just a moment. Yeah. It was a vision that gave birth to a unique multimedia platform that would combine classic talk radio, great writers, and memorable podcasts and videos. AmericaOutloud.com is a conservative leader in a field that is predominantly run by far-left progressive globalists. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, Taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. We join you back here on The Voice of a Nation. This is Falcom Out Loud, yours truly here. And man, I'll tell you what, I, I thought, could I have been a singer? Yeah, oh boy, I'll tell you what, an entertainer. I thought about being an actor at one point. I was actually invited to do a couple of movies at one point as a younger guy. And they said, you know, a couple of roles actually came in, believe it or not. I didn't do the movies. I thought about it. I didn't, one of them, I didn't like the script. I would have done the one but I didn't care for the script um, and too much to get into now, but it just set me off. And I said, no, not gonna do it, not gonna do it. And again, you know, yeah, yeah, just you always have to worry about your image. You know, we're all kind of be cool looking. We want our image to be right. And as a young guy, I just wasn't ready to do that. But uh, 
Anyways, I don't really fit in with the Hollywood elite. Probably wouldn't have done so well out there anyways. But sometimes we always say, do you ever get in the, in the shower, in the mirror, and you start singing? Yeah, I haven't done that in a long time either. But yeah, and you say, do I have a voice? God, do I have a voice? I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes we don't even know we have a Like the great singers right now, do they know they had a voice? Well, maybe not till they did. Well, it makes a great voice, right? People say, I'll tell Malcolm, you're a great radio guy. You got a great voice. And people tell me that every day. Well, maybe I could turn into a singing voice, right? Then I could sing politics to y'all every day. That'd be fantastic, huh? So this Operation Warp Speed, uh, New York Post article, August 9th, uh, 2021. This, okay, this past August here. 100 million people might have died without Operation Warp Speed, says Trump. Okay? So he says 100 million people died, and he obviously took credit for it. Says he's very proud of his efforts to get Americans jabbed. This was the New York Post now. Trump's administration purchased 200 million doses of Pfizer's vaccine and 200 million doses of the Moderna shot. But Trump also said he doesn't favor mandatory COVID-19 jabs. You think? He said, and I quote, I really believe in somebody's choice, somebody's freedom, was the... uh, president said, I'm a big fan of our freedoms and people have to make that choice for themselves. Isn't that the case, people? That's the whole problem right there in a nutshell, what's happening right now. They're not letting people make the choice for themselves. They're jamming this down their throat, vaccine cover and all. Take it, you will take it. Just like, you know, when you're a kid, you want to eat the vegetable, you'll take it to a little burst and open your mouth. Ah, I don't want it. Yeah, right? That's what happens. And now they're jamming it at people and they don't like it. But like you said, I'm a big fan of our freedoms. I like the way you say it. You see, that's, that's the attraction of Trump. He's, he talks in English. <laughs> I need to use a 10-syllable word there, but it resonates with you. I'm a big fan of our freedoms. Hey, hey. Right? And people have to make that choice for themselves. You bet they do, Mr. President. So the Hill says uh, former President Donald Trump formally announces Operation Warp Speed on May 15, 2020. So that's the day it happened, May 15. We were all there, remember? Was a big deal, roll out Anthony Fauci and that other chick there, Burks, remember? She's been, she's long gone now. She got off the scene. A little too hot, I think, for her. She couldn't do, do the politics well. You could always see her theatrics behind Trump. Fauci would always put his head down like, Oh, my God, I'm not on stage with this buffoon, am I? Oh, my God. He put his head in his hand like this, you know, his head and his elbow up or something like that. That's what he would do. You see all the photographs of him like, you know, I don't want to be doing this. Well, he's a Marxist. You don't want to be up there with a free loving patriot, obviously. But Burke's her theatrics were a little uh, out there, too. You can see her. She sort of go along with it. She looked over at Fauci, looked back at the president. You see a lot of those videos. They're funny. It's like frickin' frack. Burke's and Fauci behind Trump. And Trump, of course, you know, he would say things that that would make a, a Fauci go bananas because he's not a PC kind of guy. Trump doesn't care what, what brand of cornflakes you like or you eat. He's going to put it out there. Like it, love it, leave it. Doesn't care. I like that style, actually. <laughs> I like that style of politics. And we need canoe rockers in there to do that, people. This Operation Warp Speed, it was constituted as a projected $18 billion business government military partnership, to be clear. Okay. And, and the goal was it was going to produce and deliver 300 million doses of these safe and effective. Now, there's the catchphrase right there, safe and effective. Ah, turned out to be anything but that, people, uh, in the initial doses. And then that's it. Off to the races, right? 
And uh, now, January 6th, uh, you've heard of the medical journal Lancet, yeah? You, you, you know what I'm speaking about, the medical journal Lancet. I mean, everybody knows the medical journal there. And uh, so January 6th, 2020, this is. So this is deep into the pandemic now. It's just, you know, got a January, June, right? Right there. The world was falling apart. Everything was locked down mode and people going crazy, right? Wear your mask and get we're working on vaccines fast and hurry up. Just, you know, we're doing it, doing something. Now, there was no mention, of course, of taking D, taking A, taking zinc, taking, you know. I, I love Dr. Henry Ely. I seen a, a post he puts out just uh, the other day here says um, what he'd like to see is mandated as vitamin D. I like that. I like that. Let's mandate vitamin D for folks. <laughs> That's well said. That, that, think about it. Mandate that instead of a vaccine or a mask, you fool. Oh, that might help people. They're not really about helping people, you see. But that June 6th edition here of The Lancet uh, went on to say that, and I quote, on average, it takes 10 years to develop a vaccine, at least. Um, with the COVID-19 crisis looming, everyone is hoping that this time will be different. Although many infectious disease experts argue even 18 months for a first vaccine is an incredibly aggressive schedule. You think? Yeah, that was pretty aggressive, people. And uh, so it was pretty clear that this was going to be some new territory, trying to get a vaccine together in short order. But not just a vaccine, people, but a vac vaccine that would be effective and wouldn't kill you or cause you bo bodily harm and injury. They screw you up. And the sad reality is we're so far north of those figures. This isn't funny. Uh, we're, we won't be too far longer. We'll be at 20,000 dead that we know of. We don't, we don't even really know. These are just the reported ones on VAERS. We don't really know. Well, that's the guesstimate. It's far more than that, I assure you, people. Please, please understand. It's not less than that. It's way more than that. Now, as Dr. Peter McCullough here says time and time again, you look at the historic path of our country, any medication, any vaccine, anything at all, even a hair plug that would come out. If it causes 50 deaths, they'd pull that thing so fast, so quick, so great. Off the market, your head would spin around. You'd go 360 all the way around. Bing, bing, bing. This vaccine, these vaccines, beside the fact that you're not supposed, you, you don't even have the freedom or the option to take one if you want to take it, which is what I taught you, the most egregious thing about them. But the other factor is they're not really effective. The people who are getting sick are the vaccinated. The people who are getting this new, uh, the Omicron uh, are vaccinated. The people in the hospital are vaccinated. Now, some doctors look and say, well, that's not true. Well, they just lie like hell. Lie like hell. There, there's so many agenda-driven in the healthcare field as well. And a lot of them are your doctors out there. I'd say you fire the doctor and get rid of them and find somebody who can uh, go along. And I know it's a smaller percentage, but people, it's not worth it. Especially when they're pushing that. And I've seen a lot of them do that in action, having come through the COVID thing myself. And then with my wife in the hospital and the interactions is some of these people get downright nasty. There was a cardiologist we were in front of one time at a major hospital. And uh, he was like, what do you mean you're not vaccinated? This is after the fact now that we have the damn thing. And I'm in there with my wife and the follow up with her. You understand? What do you mean you're not vaccinated? You're crazy. No, actually, we did the right thing, doc. And I wouldn't change a thing. 
Oh my God. He said, was like, he was like, he was really pissed. He was outraged as a lot of them are. What do you mean? This is against the religion. Get with it. No, sir. I looked at all the numbers and the evidence and I ain't doing that damn thing. And we made the right decision. I don't know how you can say that. Then he goes on to spout some garbage or wherever they get around. Da-bing, 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 and three plus two equals seven. Don't you know that, Malcolm? Get with it. This is what the people are doing. Well, you know, I was going to explain to the cardiologist that I don't follow the sheeple recipe, but it wasn't worth having that conversation with him, quite frankly. I just said, Doc, do what you got to do, and I got to get going here, please. Okay, do the heart thing. Shut the hell up about the vaccine. Don't want to hear it. Yeah, so they're all pushing that, obviously. All right. So here's the thing. I want to read you a couple of things here uh, from some comments that get in from people, listeners and what have you. And, and here they are. Robin says, President Trump has got to come out against his vaccines. I'm hearing more people talking about that, and it's got to be done. We're at a historical number of deaths, and everyone knows it, and it's not going to be hidden for long. Trump cannot run for president and keep pushing these vaccines. It will not work. Now, this is a very big supporter of the president, by the way. This is definitely core MAGA that said those comments I just gave to you, okay? Another one says, Nancy says, in all of the emails from Fauci and any other email that's been gotten through the FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, that is, Trump was never implicated as knowing their plan. He's got to stop taking credit for them. But see, that's the catch-all right now. He is taking credit for them. And that's the catch-all that she puts up that he's got to stop doing that. Well, he created the the whole plan for that, the the Operation Warp Speed, which I thought then was a mistake, because I think now, quite frankly. But but there was a lot of pressure around Trump to do something. Remember, Remember, there was a lot of unknowns when you dialed this back a year and a half. We still had enormous amount of unknowns when this was happening back there in May, June 2020. We didn't know a lot of things, people. So, you know, he was going on the expert advice of these crazy people he had around him in government, the bureaucrats. You understand? I mean, I get that. He, he, he's not a healthcare expert. He's not a doctor. He didn't know any of the answers, really. So you rely on the expertise, which is what he always did at the boardroom. So I totally, totally get that. But at some point, he's got to, you know, stand up and, you know, smell the Wheaties and say, well, no, that's enough. And so I'm wondering if it's, you know, moment by moment, if he's going to come out and have a press conference at some point. And that would be the logical thing to do and throw the truth out there like he's known to do. You know, and of course, that'll upset the apple cart. But so what? They're going to get upset anyways, these people. The lunatic media don't report any truth. Who the hell cares what they say? They're six o'clock news. Anybody watch that garbage anymore? You know, yeah, they, they, oh my God, the former president came out, he did a press conference and this is what he said. Can you believe this? This man just won't go away. You know that the only good thing in all of this is we won't have Cuomo there to opine. Oh man, I told you there is a God, my friends, he does exist. So. Mark says, we're in a worldwide Marxist takeover and people have got to learn and wake up to this fact. Unfortunately, if people combat this tyranny, there is going to be violence and loss of life if they do combat it, he's saying. It can be no other way if this new world order is not stopped. Uh, The complying to their narratives has got to stop in very soon. President Trump does have to address 
the vaccine situation very soon as well, he says. And our people here in the U.S. have got to really wake up, you think? <laughs> Some are, much more is needed. We're supposed to be the leader of the free world. Biden has set this back to some degree, sure, but we have to stand up once and all for this country, me included, very, very soon. Well, the very, very soon is now. It has been now. It was yesterday, but it is surely now. Uh, you know, Trump hasn't said a word of any kind. He doesn't really talk about this, obviously. So people are saying DeSantis should run. He should report him. I've seen other reports and listen to comments on that. Here's the thing, people. Uh, Trump is going to have to make more of a selfless decision. What's best for the country? I, hopefully he will do this and do some soul searching in his soul or maybe pray to God Almighty to see what he should be doing. Many people believe he is uh, surely uh, a missionary uh, of God and uh, uh, carrying out God's mission. Now, people will argue that point. But, you know, things don't always come as you think they should. It's, you know, red is not always red and green is not always green and yellow is not always yellow, people. Uh, there are shades of all those colors and things are not always what they appear. Keep in mind. OK. All right. So let's just see. The difficult decision is going to be, does Trump put it all on the line? Does he run for president again? You know, many people believe he's known to do that. He wants the big fish. He loves. He, I mean, let's face it. He would like to be an Air Force One again. I get it. Understand it. His policies were terrific for America, but the problem is he has created that cancer in America is there as well. The hate. Will that ever go away? Well, you answer that, people. Hmm? Do, do you say, well, why do we care? Well, you've seen what you had last time. Why do you care? What do you want the country to do now? You know, on the other hand, he could become the statesman of the party and get behind somebody. I don't know who that is, and I'm not going to say right now. A lot of people are saying DeSantis. There are a lot of great candidates right now in the GP, and I don't know which one it is. But quite frankly, the question is, would he get behind that person and really reshape the party? Because the GOP could use a makeover, quite frankly. The grand old party of the old white man, that is history. Get rid of it. Put a fork in it. Let's show the... I'd love to brand the new party. I'd love to brand the... I. I I, as a brand and expert, as a marketer, 25 years in corporate, I would take that on and do a campaign for the Republican Party. My Republican Party would be different. It would show a, definitely a cultural stream of today's society of all different ethnicities and beautiful people and all the various types that make up our amazing nation. That's what the Republican Party would stand for. We would stand for the working class and people who matter, real Americans and patriots. Well, that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. And I'll help brand and market that baby. You bet. You bet. Or whatever. But having said that, that's what I'd like to see embraced right there. Now, having said that, I think if we could get Trump behind that or maybe initiate that or I'll work with Trump and create that campaign. How's that? Somebody can set that up for me and and, you know, send me an email. I can set that up and we can make that happen and be happy to work with him. And we don't need the accolades and all. I don't really care about the accolades. Just want to save our nation. It's not real complicated, people. It's all good, you know, and we can do this. But we, really, the Republican Party needs a total rebranding. And it can be done. We've done corporate rebrandings many, many times. It's very doable, people. Very, very doable. And the Republican Party is ripe right now for a rebranding. It really is. Because they, Trump did a lot of good in the Republican Party. A lot. Now, surely the rhinos and all of that part of the party, uh, you know, yeah, they're that part, but I get it. I get it. But the vast majority here is solid. 
the fact is we need to pull in more of the moderates independents and the women and the, the, you know, that part of the, and that's the part that really uh, pulled apart from Trump that he alienated more so uh, that wouldn't have anything to do with them that became independence even more so because they didn't like his antics or whatever, whatever. A lot of people break it down or distill it to a Twitter feed, but it was more than that people. Um, and they looked at that as, uh, you know, very much not a commander in chief or presidential, whatever. It's an argument that some people just don't like that flavor. They don't like it to change that dramatically. I understand it. I don't personally have a problem with that. I, I liked the canoe rocking, but that's me, people. That's Mr. Out Loud here. But I also like to put people first. I like to be ladies and gentlemen where we can, but I also can be a tough bastard uh, when it's needed and required. So I get the Trump doctrine. Totally, totally get it. And and would endorse that specifically. There are just times I wish you'd take a, you know, another sip of water and chill a minute before reacting to some of these things, uh, wherever it is, because you know, creating more enemies from the enemies we have is not really uh, going to help us out on the path forward, people. Sometimes we, you know, we, we get under their skin enough and then they come back, you know, five times more the power of what they would normally be. And that's kind of what I seen early on with Trump. And I told that to people. He's going to create some real enemies out there. This was early on in his administration now. But I seen it. Now, I love this policy, loved what he's doing. So I think the question is, is he, you know, is he going to be the next president, will he, will he be the 45th and the 47th president, uh, right? To do what I said earlier, and that is to, uh, uh, to, to, to follow the road um, and, and the path forward of uh, Cleveland, you know, President Cleveland, uh, who was the uh, 22nd and 24th president. Yeah, it's always the 22nd, 24th. So you, yeah, because if, if you get the consecutive terms, you, you keep the same number because you're the same dude, right? Then the next one comes, the next one, the next one, and here we are. Um, so that's that's the deal, people. Um, the, so the Operation Warp Speed, you know, listen, uh, I think the president does need to come out, does need to have a conference uh, in summary. Um, I, I don't blame it on the president whatsoever. Uh, I just think he needs to speak loudly and clearly right now that this vaccine program is a menace. It's a disaster. And don't take credit for it. What we knew back then is what we knew back then. What we know now is what we know now. And here are the results, my fellow Americans. That's so hard, people. That's all we need to do. Put it out there in the light of day, please. Get it out of shade. No areas of gray, gray, black, and white. Here it is. And that's what needs to happen. And then we'll look at the 2022 midterms, the election, and see where the chips fall with President Trump. He is a fascinating man for today's politics, my friends, fascinating man. And he surely has made history that will never change. And nobody can take that from him. And the fact he's had more shots put against him than any leader of the free world ever in history. Wow. And, and nobody can change that. He, he's earned those stripes. He's a remarkable leader, really, uh, for many, many reasons. But again, we're more than one person. We are a movement. We are America. We are patriots, we love our country, and we'll fight to the end. Not the bitter end, but the happy end, as we make it all the way it should be. Thank you, my fellow Americans, for joining me on the mission here. As always, it's time to get involved and get loud.